हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन चैप्टर सिक्स जुडिशरी एंड आवर टॉपिक इज जुडिशरी एंड पार्लियामेंट अपार्ट फ्रॉम टेकिंग अ वेरी एक्टिव स्टैंड ऑन द मैटर ऑफ राइट्स द कोर्ट हैज बीन एक्टिव इन सीकिंग टू प्रिवेंट सबवर्शन ऑफ द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन थ्रू पोलिटिकल प्रैक्टिस Thus, areas that were considered beyond the scope of judicial review, such as powers of the president and governor, were brought under the purview of the courts. There are many other instances in which the Supreme Court actively involved itself in the administration of justice by giving directions to executive agencies. Thus, it gave directions to CBI. to initiate investigations against politicians and bureaucrats in the hawala case the narsimharao case illegal allotment of petrol pump case etc you may have heard about some of these cases many of these instances are the product of judicial activism the indian constitution is based on a delicate principle of limited separation of powers and choices checks and balances this means that each organ of the government has a clear area of functioning thus the parliament is supreme in making laws and amending the constitution the executive is supreme in implementing them while judiciary is supreme in settling disputes and deciding whether the laws that have been made are in accordance with the provisions of the constitution despite such clear cut division of power the conflict between the parliament and judiciary and executive and judiciary has remained a recurrent theme in indian politics we have already mentioned the differences and that emerged between the parliament and the judiciary over right to property and the parliament's power to amend the constitution let us recapitulate that briefly immediately after the implementation of the constitution began a controversy arose over the parliament's power to restrict right to property the parliament wanted to put some restrictions on the right to hold property so that the land reforms could be implemented the court held that the parliament cannot thus restrict fundamental rights the parliament then tried to amend the constitution but the court said that even though through an amendment a fundamental right cannot be abridged The following issues were at the center of the controversy between the parliament and the judiciary. What is the scope of right to private property? What is the scope of the parliament's power to curtail, abridge or abrogate fundamental rights? What is the scope of the parliament's power to amend the constitution? Can the parliament make laws that abridge fundamental rights while enforcing directive principles 
During the period 1967 and 1973, this controversy became very serious. Apart from land reform laws, laws enforcing preventative detention, laws governing reservations in job, regulations acquiring private property for public purposes and laws deciding the compensation for such acquisition of private property were some instances of the conflict between the legislature and the judiciary. In 1973, the Supreme Court gave a decision that has become very important in regulating the relations between the parliament and the judiciary. Since then, this case is famous as the Keshwanand Bharti case. In this case, the court ruled that there is a basic structure of the constitution and nobody, not even the parliament through amendment can violate the basic structure. The court did two more things. First, it said that the right to property, the disputed issue was not part of the basic structure and therefore could be suitably abridged. Secondly, the court reserved to itself the right to decide whether various matters are part of the basic structure of the constitution. This case is perhaps the best example of how judiciary uses its powers to interpret the constitution. This ruling has changed the nature of conflicts between the legislature and the judiciary. As we studied earlier, the right to property was taken away from the list of fundamental right in 1979 and this also helped in changing the nature of the relationship between these two organs of government. Some issues still remain a bone of contention between the two. Can the judiciary intervene in and regulate the functioning of the legislatures? In the parliamentary system, the legislature has the power to govern itself and regulate the behavior of its members. Thus, the legislature can punish a person who the legislature holds guilty of breaching privileges of the legislature. Can a person who is held guilty of breach of parliamentary privileges seek protection of courts? Can a member of the legislature against whom the legislature has taken disciplinary action get protected from the court? These issues are unresolved and are matters of potential conflict between the two. Similarly, the constitution provides that the conduct of judges cannot be discussed in the parliament. There have been several instances where parliament and the state legislature have cast a persons on the functioning of the judiciary. Similarly, the judiciary too has criticized the legislatures and issued instruction to the legislatures about the conduct of legislative business. The legislatures see this as violating the principle of parliamentary sovereignty. 
These issues indicate how delicate the balance between any two organs of the government is and how important it is for each organ of the government in a democracy to respect the authority of others. Now let us conclude the chapter. In this chapter we have studied the role of the judiciary in our democratic structure. In spite of the tensions that arose from time to time between the judiciary and the executive and the legislature, the prestige of the judiciary has increased considerably. At the same time, there are many more expectations from the judiciary. Ordinary citizens also wonder how it is possible for many people to get easy equators and how witnesses change their testimonies to suit the wealthy and the mighty. These are some issues about which our judiciary is concerned too. You have seen in this chapter that judiciary in India is a very powerful institution. This power has generated much away and many hopes from it. Judiciary in India is also known for its independence through various decisions. The judiciary has given new interpretations to the constitution and protected the rights of citizens. As we saw in this chapter, democracy hinges on the delicate balance of power between the judiciary and the parliament and both institutions have to function within the limitations set by the constitution. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the chapter. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.